if you look at my, you'll see. Look at my history of deleted comments. You will see I don't have any. I don't delete my comments. I save things. I should take it back if I don't. Only deleted ones here. My whole history. Whoa, I'm muttering to myself. Solitary confinement in the digital age. You caught me muttering to myself, which has to be a good sign or a bad sign. There we go, the old interpretation. Of course, it's a good sign. This podcast uh, is, is somewhat joyous today on February 10th, as uh, I was upstairs shuffling about after a solid morning of writing, and it occurred to me, oh, I've got to do a podcast. I looked into my study. I saw my big pile of notebooks there. I looked around, saw some of the most important aspects of my life scattered there in a beautiful room, expectant, expecting for me to do something with them. And I realized I've got to do a podcast. And today, it was a joy. It was a joy to think, oh, I get to do a podcast now. After writing, I slept in this morning because it was so cold last night. It was so cold here. I don't know what it was. It was like, my, whatever. My fire wasn't working too well. I did get it going. I slept, but I still it died when I woke up. And I, I normally would get up a lot earlier. But I got up at 9 a.m. because I just did not want to get out of the blankets. It was just few too many degrees shy of the old zero. But then I got up, I wrote into my inshallah section for Beef Hampton, and it's very happy with it. <clears throat> and I'm grateful, but let's never mind the gratefulness. Let's not play the public penitence. This show is not about public penitence. This show is about personal transformation, solitary confinement in the digital age. I'm looking at a photograph on my wall of Beef Hampton, the trestle bridge, the rail, supine bee in structure. It appears somewhat like a bra of black lace, its shadow, the river, a heaving bosom, a heaving khaki bosom, Tanuba, the scatter of sky into the golden dusk hanging over the cattle fields of central Queensland. Big shadows loom and rocks emerge from the water as well. And due to the chiaroscuro factors, though this is neither black nor white, the rocks appear shadows. The shadows and the rocks and the water appears like sky. And the water appears like sky. called the Alexandra Rail Bridge, I believe it's called. Alexandra Rail Bridge. Ah, oh, Andy's Aunt Lupin used to cross it. They would have a little swim in the big 50 meter pool that was right across the street in the glorious sunshine of a Queensland afternoon. Yeah, just swim a few 50 meter lengths. Get your little goggles, go home, feel like a million bucks. Let the wheels fall off. Repeat if necessary. 
You fit into me like a hook into an eye, like a fish hook into a human eye or something like that. It goes. So many blues outside the window, so many blues in the sky, just the sky, a tapered exhalation of the sea. As though the sea, the Bay of Fundy, and the sea of St. Mary's Bay that have mingled here in my little pond, as though they're singing. Solitary confinement in the digital age. February 10th. <clears throat> February 10th is actually my brother's birthday. He was born on February 11th. But he was born <clears throat> in Australia. And in Australia, it's coming up to February 11th right now, but here it's only about noon in uh, February 10th, so the exact moment, today is my brother's birthday, so today is my brother's birthday. And tomorrow will be the official birthday because it will be February 11th. <sighs> Solitary confinement in a digital age. My own personal psychologist podcast. I got to get in the Urban Dictionary. I got to start working on a word for a fourth cinema type of podcast that's like really just psychology. Psychology for the loner. <laughs> the well-intentioned loner. The owner of a puppy dog, the well-intentioned loner, the owner of another, owner of another, owner of another? How can one own another? How can one being be the owner of the other? I'll read a little section. I'm going to read a little section that I'm just about to start editing. But I've forgotten all about writing this, and I came across this this morning. Section of Beef Hampton. <clears throat> Beef Hampton from here in absentia. Let me see here. Let me see. where. Which one should I? Where is it? Oh, I know. Inshallah. There it is. So it's talking about... I'm just going to read the section. I'm not going to give away what's happening. Okay. It took Andy talking about getting to the uh, abattoir. Holy cow. This is a really old edition that I'm editing because there's still a, the actual name for Beef Hampton is still in the manuscript. Uh oh, I better get rid of that right now. Can't have anyone discovering what, what town Beef Hampton actually refers to. That's B-E-E-F-H-A-M-T-O-N, just so you know. It's it's not Beef Hamp. There's no P. Beef Hampton. And it's a city of abattoirs. Okay. There we go. Okay, there we go. I think, okay, here we go. Let's read this. It took Andy 40 minutes to get there on the bike. 
a sweet, if exhausting, trip down the river road. The big moon in all its manifestations traveled with him, floating white above the dark sea coral silhouette of the McBersaker Ranges. The red light of the Mount MacArthur radio tower shone next to it, along with the seven street lights of the small elite community at the summit, whose residents presided over Beef Hampton like a tribe of Olympus deities. That's what I have written anyway. How he dreaded that bike ride, but how he enjoyed it once it had begun. The long, beautiful road to the abattoir formed a canyon between the Bursica Ranges, oh, the McBursica Ranges, and the high, susurrant trees that lined Tanuba's muddy banks. The way there was mostly up a gentle, very manageable hill, and one that passed five pubs which allowed him, should he so desire, to show up for work half-cut. He was often at least that when he arrived, singing occasionally to the moon, who consoled him in his delusion with her beauty, whether he was half-cut or not, whether she hung above the mountains like a feather blown from the throat of a sleeping dragon, or a soap bubble, or a thumbnail, or the luminescent end to a long, dark, secret tunnel with wall shards of diamond. Yes, regardless of whether the moon was a wild carnation of light in the clouds above Mount McArthur, or lolling on its back like a cut lemon, or a half-cut lemon, or a skulking skull-like or skulking skull-like over the pirate ship hulks of the cliffs of Capricornia. Andy would, sing it, Andy would sing at it loudly, wailing like a free man who does so because he can, or singing like a slave who does so for the same reason, free. And yet, if he were entirely free, he would not have been peddling to the abattoir at all. He allowed himself not to lose sight of that. Sometimes he asserted his freedom by turning the bike around midway, stopping off to load his backpack with beer and going back home. The thing about working at the graveyard shift, cleaning a kill floor that processes 1,600 cows a day and processes is in quotes. The thing about working, oh, I gotta change that. The thing, the thing about working the graveyard shift cleaning a kill floor that processes 1,600 cows a day, that processes 1,600 cows a day, that's the, that processes, quote unquote, 1,600 cows a day, is that there's simply not that many people lining up to get your job, and it can prove quite difficult to get the sack. As it must have been with the slaves, there were nights when even the singing did not help. Even they must have occasionally broken beneath their labor. These are the moments of my awakening, he would tell himself, sweating, bending forward hard over the handlebars. But sometimes these rebellions asserted themselves upon him. It was beginning to occur more and more, and he felt like he might even be approaching the point where, where actually going to work, where actually going to work was the assertion of his free will and avoiding the bottle shop was not. Sometimes he refused to decide he, re he'd re he refused to decide until the beer was paid for and in his backpack. If his bike went, if his bike, see, I'm gonna have to edit all. If his bike went left, oh, if his bike went left, it, afterwards maybe afterwards, if his bike went left, it meant he was going to work. Afterwards, if his bike went left, it meant he was going to work. If right, Andy Zalupan was on his way home. If right. 
Just left that to chance, yeah. If right, Andy Zelipan was on his way home for a little more taking it easy on the solo, pacing the wood floors of his house as the geckos spun around the wall and the moth as a oh, as the geckos wheeled. Wheeled across the surface of the walls. And the geckos wheeled across the surface of the walls and the moths. Let's try this in the moths. If right, Andy Zalupan was on his way home for a little more taking it easy on the solo, pacing the wood floors of his house as the geckos wheeled, wheeled circles. Almost as a gecko wheeled circles. Wheeled circles. As the geckos wheeled circles. Evil Knievel circles. As the geckos wheeled like little evil Knievels. As the geckos evil Knieveled across the wall. As the geckos evil Knieveled across the walls. Let's say that. As the geckos evil Knieveled. How you spell that? As the geckos evil Knieveled across the walls and the moths made soft raven shadows. Wow. Soft raven shadows in the same place. When they swung close to the left. Wow, that's nice. That's not too bad. As it must also be with the slaves, there were nights when even the singing did not help. Even they must have occasionally broke. Anyway, little bit of little bit of Beef Hampton for you. I love that part about the moon. I've forgotten about that part. What's she doing? What are you doing halfway down? Solitary confinement in the digital age. Oh, I bought some orange juice yesterday. That's what I'm going to have right now. Orange juice. One of the nice things about having a huge house and when it being like minus seven, minus nine outside is that you have a lot more room in your fridge and you can just keep all the big stuff outside the room and it stays nice and cold. It's a little sore because you're outside today. It's all off. Yeah. Okay. All right. Shake, shake, shake. Oh, Castro's getting up. We slept in. She was cold last night, too. <laughs> but she's hanging in there, that little trooper. She's a little trooper, that little babe skis. <laughs> I walked up to the lighthouse last evening. There's only one other person had gone since the big snowfall because uh, there was only one set of footprints, which I was it was kind of the dark, so I had to. I had to. Hold on, I'm just trying to. There you go. I know what you want. Here, there you go. A little treat for you. These doggy delights. Oh boy. Well, I gotta say, I'm liking this little Costco heater. Hmm, I'm actually gonna drink it out of a glass. <laughs> I'm getting civilized. I'm becoming civilized. Eh. Why don't I wanna drink it out of a glass? I wanna drink it out of a glass. That's what I want. Ready to drink up. Drink your glasses out of measure. <clears throat> oh, it's cold. It's very cold here. 
even like walking away from my heater over here it's cold i should get a fire going let me check the temperature let me check the temperature today i don't know if i'm going to be having a bath today or not i might have to uh heat up the water line oh look at that anyway let's go Let's go. Hmm. Everton, no, let's go. Minus five. Okay, it's minus five outside right now. Low of minus seven tonight. According to this, the low of the week, the, the, tomorrow night, we're in the batch of the four coldest days here from now until Saturday. It's supposed to be minus four and minus eight. It's really not that bad. Oh, Pastor wants to go up. You want to go up now, do you? Let's go up. Let's go. Home. They, they, uh, because I, I had what's called like back pain, back labor pains, you know, with my back that was sore. Okay. And and we we drove there, and because uh, <clears throat> I, I I felt it's coming, you know, and um, and they were trying to to get us to go back home. They thought, no, it's not going to come yet. Well, it was quite a long drive to go back home anyway. Right. And. Um, because we were living in on Springfield Street then, and that was at and that um, was and that was at the Mercy Hospital. Yeah, Mercy Hospital. Oh, that's yeah. quite far. Yeah, holy cow. And um, and it, I don't know that I couldn't believe it, but anyway, they they wanted us to go back, and and my, I had really sort of kind of back pains, like or spasms, you know. Yeah. And uh, I didn't want to go. I said no, I can't. I don't. I didn't want to go. You know. <laughs> And um, so anyway, they gave in and let me stay, and good thing, <laughs> you know. So what? How long? After, what, how long after that did you have the baby? Happened. So, so how long after that? How long? How long after that did you have the baby? When? Oh, well, he was he was born about five in the morning, five yeah. or five fifteen, something like that. He I was know. Born. I know. But how? After how? Like you got there, and they were going to turn you back, but then you stayed. I'm asking you, how long? Like how long do you think happened by the time? Like you when you were oh okay okay that I can't remember I know it was pretty late when we went we might have we might have left our place about eleven or twelve or okay. I got that I don't really remember Alex okay so I, I yeah don't. so you so you'd have just been checking in right now like right now forty two years ago you would have just been like settling in in labor with Joe and Joe was about yeah. to come out yeah Dad was all set with camera and. Remember? Didn't he? And didn't he have his umbilical cord wrapped around his neck? Yeah, yeah. Huh. But then, uh, Look at that. That's almost like when you think about it. That's, that's almost like a. That's almost like a premonition right there. When you think about it. Look at how he ended up dying. That's almost like a little sign right there. When you think. When you think about well, it, right? Never thought of that. I've never, I, never thought. I've never thought about it either until just now. I just never. Yeah. Just occur. I just. Huh. Well, and you know, he looked just like you when you were born. 
In fact, I even had a few pictures that I I had to sort of really look at and know which was which, you know? Wow. <laughs> right at birth. Yeah. And you were almost the same weight at birth. Seven pounds and three or four ounces. Okay. Both of you, same, pretty much same size and looks the same. Well, anyway, anyway, that was now. So that was. So I guess that at at, at, uh, okay. at let's see. I just want to see one at two o'clock my time. That's when Joe around then two fifteen my time here. That's when Joe would be have been coming into the world for his first breath, forty two years old. What were you asking me? What did I ask? Oh, I thought you asked me something same time I spoke. Oh, can't remember. Couldn't have been important. Mm. No, I just said, oh, you said it's 42 years. Why, why was I thinking 43 years? You know what I think? I think I was thinking the three came from, I'm thinking you boys were three years apart. Yeah, that's where I oh, got it wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, 42, because you're going to be 45. I believe that you're going to be 45. You know, um, I was watching on um, the the news and they were spotlighting that guy, Tom. Tom Brady? Who was, yeah. you know who he is? The quarterback? Yeah. Yeah, he's asking, that's just an incredible story. That's an absolutely incredible story. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were telling that. And anyway, you know how old he is? Uh, I think he's either my age or a year younger. I said a year old or 45. I think they said he's 45 or about to be 45 or something. I don't know. Anyway, I thought, oh, same age as you. And they interviewed him and they asked how come he was in such good shape because he doesn't even want to retire now, you know. Yeah. And he said um, he eats healthy. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. Like he's always just really, really looked after his body. Huh. That's what he said. Still. Well, you know, that's interesting. Three kids, I think, and a wife. They showed everything on TV, I saw. You know what? You know who his wife is? Pardon? Do you know who his wife is? No. Well, I know, I know a little bit. i got a little inside info on Tom Brady. Okay. Uh, well, I'll just tell you, first of all, that like all some of my Casey's crew that went down there, they went. They, a bunch of my Casey's crew went down to Costa Rica, basically, just almost when I just when I was coming to Prince George. A bunch of them moved down to Costa Rica. Carrie still lives there, and she's like anyway. And some of them had bought land down there. But the thing is, they all started working for a restaurant down there that was owned by Tom Brady and his wife down in this town called Santa Teresa, Costa Rica, where Brady goes back and forth all the time, right? And so all oh. my all my kids, like Christine, I was talking to the other night. She knows Tom Brady. She was, and his wife is Giselle Bunchin. She revealed to me the the supermodel, Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchin. Bunchin. Oh, they did say they did say she was a supermodel, but I didn't. Yeah, yeah, and then, and Christina was telling Christina called me the other night and was like, tell because it was the night before the Super Bowl when she called me. She was talking about. It. She's like she didn't know that I wasn't aware that they they all know Tom Brady. Like they, they know Tom and Giselle. Pretty, like he says, like Tom comes down like once every year, twice a year. And they own the restaurant that these guys were all working for. <laughs> so they all know Tom. They all know Tom Brady pretty well, and his wife. Wow. I know. Isn't that interesting? That's that was happening since like two thousand one. Two like that was happening way back then, and, he, and they're all the same age. So it's like, hey, wow. 
Well, I didn't know anything about him at all until I just heard this little thing, but I was quite impressed with uh, him. And he just seems like a really nice guy, you know. Well, I oh, think... I think I think he might have also said that he was um, essentially vegetarian too. I think. Okay, maybe, yeah. Well, I don't know. I, can't, I just I, can't really... I don't know. I just know that. Uh... Ask what kind of restaurant it is. Uh, I can't like... remember. I don't know. Okay. Mm. But. It's... I, I Tom Brady, I never, I never really, what's, after that game, what's that? He sure got a lot of accolades after that. Well, Super mom, Bowl. I think that's his six, I think that's his number six for him, Super Bowl number six. I think he has five with the New England Patriots, and that was the crazy thing, like, that's the crazy thing of that story, is that he left the Patriots on the top of his game and went down to Tampa Bay and, and built up and then became the quarterback of Tampa Bay and Buffalo was or New England was out they were I don't even know if they made the playoffs I don't think without Brady and Brady went and took the next team to a Super Bowl that's the story that it was like is like almost as though I don't know it was just that's just the, I was like I was always kind of skeptical of Brady too because everyone used to always say oh he's got such a great team he's you know whatever and they used to try to say that it was all it was like it was hard to say whether he was the greatest or whether it was just the team or whatever or the coach but then he left. He went to Tampa Bay and took them all. It was. It's like a. It's on. It's on level with Gretzky. It's a compliment. It's an. It's a Gretzky level accomplishment in sports. Like. Yeah. It's definitely. Wow. Like, I, I, and I was never even a fan of Tom Brady. I just can't believe. I stopped paying attention early on. I think he lost his first couple games or something of the season. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Brady, there, there you go. And I just stopped paying attention. Then only like a few weeks ago did I learn that they were in the Super Bowl. And I was like, what? Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I. I like, because I saw, I like totally zoned out for the whole season, mm. and suddenly they're in the Super Bowl. Suddenly they're winning the Super Bowl, and it's Tom Brady. And I was like, "Wow, this man! I should have paid a bit more attention to Tom Brady." <laughs> I think it might be the seventh one, Alex. <clears throat> this thing maybe, that I watched. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it is the seventh one. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. You know, like I was only kind of half listening because I'm not really into sports. You know, but uh, yeah. <laughs> But, oh, and speaking of sports, up on the radio this morning. Now, did you ever listen to a radio station, TSN 1040? Uh, well, no, but I know it's one of TSN's affiliate radio stations. Well, apparently, as of uh, this morning, I think, or maybe yesterday, that has been, uh, everyone's lost their job there, and they're not, not running it anymore. And and uh, on CBC, they were interviewing one of the, I guess, one of the announcers or somebody that lost his job. Yeah. And... It just completely blindsided them all. They had no idea. And apparently a lot of the people that listen to that radio station are just really angry and really upset because they loved it, I guess. And um, the guy they interviewed, I thought, I just thought he had a lot of class. He was one of the guys that lost his job. And he was, I guess, obviously fairly pretty upset about it. But he did not badmouth in any way. He said... He said, I was always taught, uh, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And he refused to, you know? Yeah. And I thought that was actually very impressive because he didn't get on there. And Do you know what his name was? I'll, I'm going to check that out online a bit. That's interest. That's an interesting story. That's yeah. Interesting. But that just shows me what I've been saying for years, what I told the guy at the Toronto Star. And it's still true. It's still true. It, it takes a lot. If, you, if you're a newspaper or if you're any of the fringe media, and you want to survive, you have to become an active website using video, interactive, like interact with people and have video on your site and broadcast online. You have to just merge into that. And if you don't, you're just going to, if you just, if you stay just radio, like 
you just like who's going to advertise on radio like who's going to pay just you know what i mean like i mean i don't know yeah well that's true well you know i mean the only time i ever listened to any sports on the radio was with serena pats remember yeah we used to listen we used to listen to that and i loved listening to that gallant guy kevin gallant yeah. when it, kevin gallant was just a great uh yeah great sports he shoots he scores kevin gallant that's, i listened to that oh man yeah. Yeah. Well, you know there is something too. Oh, I love I love radio. I love radio. I'm not. Yeah. Don't even mistake. I, I I do podcasts. I love radio. I love listening to radio. I've done radio myself. Like, you know. Well, and and the same can be said about newspapers. I used to love newspapers. Now I I I don't even read them anymore i love newspapers too i, I do kind of miss I, I i've thought about ordering a saturday globe down here but no one will even deliver it down where i am there's no one that will even deliver the newspaper but if i could if i could get it sent to a place in digby maybe i have thought about it because i love i've got all the time in the world here that'd be a nice little thing to look forward to on saturday for me yeah it would be yeah well you can't you get it online noel mom not the same. Mom, consider what we were just talking about. The, I said newspaper. The whole point okay. we're talking about is to have a newspaper, to flip through a newspaper. As no, McLuhan I... said, McLuhan says, one doesn't read a newspaper, one steps into it like a hot bath. That's what McLuhan said. Well, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I used to be like that with the, with the Melbourne Age. And uh, when Dad would bring me the Montreal Gazette, I loved that. And, you know. So no, I do understand that. I do understand that. I know but, you do. I know um, you do. Is it possible to? Is there any place in Digby that carries it? No, there there's news? not one. I've been to every single outlet in Digby looking for the Globe, a Saturday Globe and Mail. No one mm -hmm. carries it. I've heard that a Kate, who is it? Walmart, a Kate. Someone carries two copies, or one of the grocery stores apparently will carry a couple copies. But I think I can get it ordered to a grocery. I think I, next time I'm getting groceries, I'm going to see if I can order it to. Uh, a news like a, a place in Digby that can sometimes carry it, you know. Have they got any sort of uh, like good quality hotels in Digby that I've might been, have it? I've been to the. They have one nice, beautiful. I think it's called the Digby Pines Resort. It's up on. I've been up there asking for it. I went up there. I'm already a step ahead of you, mom. Okay. I went up there. I asked. They they said they used to carry it too, but they stopped. Like, honestly, you're at that. You are at the far end of the universe down here. Even though, like, um. Yeah. Even though geographically yeah, you're closer yeah. to a lot of stuff, but it's really, it's really kind of the far end of the universe. It's so interesting because this is the first place that North America was, uh, like this is the first place it was settled. Like Columbus came to North America and whatever, but Samuel Champlain <laughs> was the, the first European settlement in all of North America. It was just up the water from where I'm looking. Like I'm looking in the direction of it, up the Bay of yeah. Fundy there. And now it's, it's like the first settlement, but it's become like the last, it's like, mm -hmm. it's really strange. The last frontier. It's become the last frontier again. It's like, it's yeah. <laughs> um, full circle. Yeah. And yet, look, you're you're living closer to New York City than uh, than most Canadians are. You know. I know. Yeah. Or Boston, or you know those cities that would have all the top newspapers. I know. I you. I you. Oh well. Yeah. Oh well. So. Well, it this sort of brings kind of dim memory for me is something what paper was it in um, in Australia before we got in, stuck into the Melbourne age there was some paper that dad always wanted to get 
I can't remember. What, the Australian? I don't think I don't know. So. I don't it think must so. have been some North American paper. It must have been for sports, <clears throat> but I can't remember. And I, I know that he would go to the ends of the earth trying to get it. Maybe okay. he even would go to, he did used to go to the Canadian consulate and um, to get the hockey scores. I know, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, maybe he did that. Maybe they had newspapers. I don't know. I can't remember. Wow. Man, imagine that. You have to go to the Canadian consulate to get a score in a hockey game now. Just think of how the yeah. world has changed. And that was in oh. what year? That was in like, that was in the seventies. That was in the seventies. Seventy-two. Yeah. And that's so McLuhan. So McLuhan at that at that stage, when you think about that, yeah. think of how incredibly brilliant McLuhan was to see what was going to happen when you had to go in an age where you would have to go to the Canadian consulate to get a hockey score if you're in Australia. And McLuhan <laughs> predicted. McLuhan somehow had all had already written books about and predicted this world that we're now living in. Like to me, that's just. Yeah, that's just that yeah. just makes my like that's just because how could you even have I, I don't even I don't know I think it's just incre incredible the prophecy is just insane yeah yeah right yeah. Castro so yeah see that seems like such a long time ago now to me when I think back to those days yeah oh I sent you some pictures you should have a look I'm gonna go pee look on your Gmail. I sent you four pictures. Nice little bunkers, eh? Do you get it? Yeah, I'm just opening it now. What is Baffin Harbor? Well, if you look at the one, the one image, the very first one. It's one with like close up of the ice. Yeah. To me, yeah. I, I kind of looked at that on my, at least on my phone and on my computer when I was looking at it. It looked to me like you could run like a image and you could put that in a magazine and you could put it like. You could put underneath Baffin Harbor as seen from the air, and people would believe it. Like people, it kind of looks like you're flying. It kind of looks like they're big icebergs, and you're like in a plane looking down over some kind of like yeah. Arctic harbor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, it's a what do you call it? An iceberg or a, a glacial? Yeah, iceberg. Yeah, icebergs. Like a bunch of icebergs are like, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of looked to me, just reminded yeah. me of that when I took it. Then I was wondering, are you naming your pond that? Is it your pond or what? Where is it? That's in my pond. That's I, That picture is taken from my kitchen window. Like that's literally the view. If I zoomed in a bit, but that's the view I see like sitting in my chair here at the, like where I'm sitting, where I'm at, where I'm right now. Where I'm at right now. Okay. And then the next one with the Canadian flag, yeah. that's a good picture. Yeah, that's that's from that's taken from my front window. 
Is that the Bay of Fundy? That is the passage. That's that's the it's the passage in there. Like it's like if you can see, you can see the mainland across the water. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so whose car? Is that? I don't know. That's just someone at the post office. Oh, that's the post office. Yeah, that's what. I, I love it with the Canadian flag. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was good too. Next one. <laughs> What's that? Castro's uh, bathroom break? <laughs> yeah, I think I took her from the. Is that the one? I'm just trying to get. I'm going onto the page now because I want to see where you are. But it's. Uh... One of Castro. Okay. Is she heading heading back as fast as she can to the house? Or what? Let's see here. Oh, and that last one is beautiful too. What's that? Is that a, a orange pail? Let's see. Hold on. Oh yeah, that's uh, what is that thing? No, it's a that's a buoy. That's one of those big buoys from the side of a boat. Oh. The one thing they go in the water. They float. Must have floated in, or no? I don't know. It's been in the yard for a while. Maybe it's one of the ones I have because you know how they always float up. Well, when I scroll down and, and remove it from the picture, yeah, it's kind of nice without it in the picture. So okay. that orange, yeah, man-made plastic thing, you know. Yeah. Well, those are very nice. Um, is where's the dancing lady tree? Is it? It's right picture? there. It's in that picture. Yeah, it's right in there. It's just hard to see. It's kind of actually dead set in the middle. If you look, kind of go, it's a little bit to the left. If you take a line from the bottom of the picture, just a little bit to the left of the orange thing and go straight to the tree, that's the, you hit the, that's the dancing lady's trunk. But if she doesn't look so white when there's a bunch of snow around. And, uh, and she has no leaves now, right? She never has leaves, Mom. The dancing lady's oh, a leafless okay. tree. Okay, I, I can't uh, make it out too clearly. I'm just saying, I gotta let Castro out here. That's what you Oh yeah, I think I see it. It doesn't. She doesn't stick out as much as she does in the different seasons. Sorry, I had to let Castro out. Hello. Sorry. Hello. Sorry, I had, I had to let Castro out there. Ah, okay. <sighs> let me see. Yeah, those are nice pictures. Yeah, I, well, I really like the Canadian flag one because it just shows, okay, this is Canada. Oh, that's not, that That car is, uh, that's Claire's car. Remember Claire? That's where he lives. Him and Bertha live there. Does he live, still live with her? He moved back in to take care of her because she's in her 90s. Mm, she's still making cookies all the time? Yeah, she does. She still makes cookies all the time. She still, Alger and Gail say the second the snow hits, she's out on that porch sweeping it off. So but she's like she's she's got uh, she's like she's got some form of dementia though, but she's still she's still oh. doing her. Okay, busy. That's good. She's still doing her little patterns, and she's she's you know she seems to be she seems to be happy, and Claire's there taking care of her. Oh. So whatever, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Oh. Good of him to. Uh do that because you know not everybody would i don't know I, I think it might be maybe a bit more common down here on the island yeah i mean i'm not sure well, i'm not sure about that but i don't i don't really know but i know but it kind of worked out well for him too because he split up with his wife right yeah. 
So he wanted somewhere to go. I think it just, I think it all just fell into place pretty well. Good enough. I really like that. His... What's that? You ever see his wife? She was so nice to me. No, never see her. No, never see her. Never see her, but. Uh... Well, she's managed to then isolate, hey? What, what do you mean, isolate? She... Well, she's in her home. What, you, you never see her around, so she must. Does she work still, or is she retired? Or no, I don't think she works. I don't know what they do. She just live. They just live in that big property. They just got tons of land, and just live a peaceful life. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what people do out here that don't have. I guess everyone's got their own imaginations. So I don't really know. Like I, I'm, I'm glad I've got my projects. Like I've got my writing, and I got my, even my job's a good little project to have. I've got. I'm starting my new one today. Starting my new, oh no, where did I put that free photography? Oh, there it is. I've got to make a blog. The guy made a, the guy, Brad Filipponi, the guy that I've written about, he, he made a, um, a checklist for like real estate photographers to, um, just a little bit of advice as they go into shoot a property. And it became a very popular, um, it became a very popular, like post in the company and so now i'm doing a blog post on this checklist like i'm turning it into like uh things to remember how to you know what i mean that kind of stuff i don't think you know what i mean but that's okay i do and did you change that you know that thing that you had down as a blob did you change it to blog no they've already got it they've already accepted it and published it it was just on the subject i just called it that on the uh, subject i guess and it wasn't. It wasn't in the article, was it? It was just on the subject heading, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. 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 Oh well, I have a, another news flash for you that I just. Oh yeah. What's that? Uh, you know Jack Lowman, the CEO. The, oh yeah, the the, new, the 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 British Columbia Art Gallery CEO guy. Museum. Museum guy, yeah, museum, yeah. Well, anyway, um, this this I got an announcement. Yeah. From Holly Hodgson, who's our volunteer services manager, she says, "Dear volunteers, I'm sharing an announcement from Professor Jack Lowman. Further to this, I will be sending two additional emails from our corporate board of directors and Dan Mazuka, board chair. Anyway, this is an announcement from Jack. Dear colleagues, after almost." nine years at the museum, I'm writing to let you know that I will be stepping down as CEO as of today, yesterday. It has been on my mind for some time that the museum needs new energy and fresh leadership, and I know the time is right for both my own and the museum's transition. This decision was, was taken jointly with the board, and I am pleased to let you know that Dan Mazukia, the board chair, will step in as acting CEO while a search committee finds an appropriate successor. Huh. I'm profoundly privileged and honored to have worked with you and our volunteers, partners, and many stakeholders and organizations over the years. I'm deeply grateful to each of you and to the many staff who have worked here in the past. Your dedication, professionalism, scholarship, and creativity prepare the museum for the modernization ahead. To, to members of the board and foundation past and present, I offer my warmest thanks for the gratifying opportunity to serve you. 
it will be hard walking out the door as I <clears throat> care so very deeply about the museum and about making it forever. And my enthusiasm has never been stronger for our work and the many calls for greater social accountability. I look forward to adding my support to the modernization as building work begins on the collections and research center and to the high standards each of you champion. How much Thank longer you. is this? No. Thank you for your tip and hard work, yours, Jack. Well, Jack Lowman has resigned. There you have it. Breaking news on solitary confinement in the digital age. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I just was surprised, and I think this, this uh, what he's talking about, this modernization as building work begins on the collections and research center. You know, that's that that thing that's going to be erected across from Costco. That's not the collections and re that's the Maritime Museum, isn't it? I thought it was related to our, I don't know. I, I, think, that's, I think that's the Maritime Museum across from Costco. Well, I'll check. I'll look into that. Okay. I don't know. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. So, when when did you get that email? Um, I I saw it last night when I went to bed. Oh, so it's a, it's fairly late breaking news, eh? Oh, it was just yesterday. Wow. February 9th <clears throat> at six twenty p.m. Hmm. Oh, it is breaking news, and I, yeah, and then, uh, and I actually, I always liked him, because whenever he would walk by, you know, the, the um, you know, yeah. he would all look over, flash a great big smile, and say, thank you very much for volunteering today. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember he, he was a, well. Yeah, I mean, that was always very nice, because some of the people that work there, they'll walk by with their noses in the air and don't even look at you, you know? Yeah. We all would look over and, and always say thank you for volunteering today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And That's he's it. a very smart man. He speaks many languages. You know? Yeah, I know. He's, I kind, of, know he's kind of a distinguished guy for uh, for Victoria to have. He's a little bit... I, I I, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he was a little I'm bet you, I'm I'm certain he was would have been a little bit disappointed with the uh with with what he he would have been surprised and a little bit disappointed by Victoria on that on the levels that he's used to hanging out with in like Europe and whatnot and the museum crowds and all of that. Yeah. But I'm sure you're I'm sure you're right, yeah, because he's probably gonna be so glad to get off the island. Yeah, I think it's I think he needs a bit more he's at a stage where yeah, he's, he, a, he's big fish in a little pond here, and uh, and not that not that I don't mean that he's an arrogant, but I just think he's used to a bit more. I don't know. Can you send I me that? Can you send me that email? Would you be able to send me that email? I'll try. I don't know if it's. Uh, there were three that came. The the 